This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS with a K, the numeral 4. Kids! It's official. The Bears on Thursday named Kevin Warren as their new team president and CEO. Paul Charchian. I love Kevin and just stop the search. This is it. You can't possibly do better than Kevin Warren. Anthony Heron. Everything the Bears could be hoping for in their next president Kevin Warren represents and more. Matt Bowen. Obviously, if you're building a franchise, you want the best leaders, right? The best people in the building. And I think that's probably a goal to looking at here with Kevin Warren, given what he's accomplished. And you got to hear from him in his own words for the first time today. There were some anecdotes in there. Then, And frankly, look, there was, there was a lot of business speak. There was a lot of uh, typical motivational poster stuff that we hear from people who run Big businesses. I know there were some Bears fans who cringed about finding the whys when (laughs) memories of Matt Nagy came back. There were those of us who have our boiling alarms go off and we start to hear about it's in our spirit and our soul and and Bears. He has a soul and a spirit, which I think is important. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. There are. I mean, I I get it. And, And what did we say about the importance in this organization forever and ever? Of that morning mass, and and I and I yep. and I wonder if indeed he has he has done the, the the pilgrimage with Virginia and family, and it has always been a significant part of Bears culture. I think that it's pretty safe to say that that was a, a big part of it. Like when you add to his resume a, a way to connect with that family. Yep, all all I, things being equal, that sure yeah. doesn't hurt. No, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. I but. There's stuff in here that I do like. I I really appreciate it. It's a small thing, but I appreciated him not acting like he knew everything about the Arlington project. That when there were questions that he didn't feel comfortable answering about it, he just said, "I don't I'm not ready to answer that question yet. There's still some deep diving that needs to be done." I also think it's it's kind of fascinating that I mean, I I found it like it's something I probably would have done too, and maybe anyone in that position would have done. But the idea of I don't have the job yet, but I'm curious about this Arlington Park thing. Let me go drive around there and and envision what it is. He called himself. I wrote it down a stadium nerd, who which is interesting, mm-hmm. and and I, and I wonder how much of a background he has. Like really looking into the actual building of buildings, because to call yourself a stadium nerd, what well, one would think that that you've got a a somewhat significant archi- architectural background with it too. Well, when he started saying every line item, every detail matters, is this supposed to be forty feet or forty one feet? It does sound like like I can see him having had blueprints in front of him, right. Right, like, like, like that's kind of the vibe that I get. Yes, where he wants to see it, like, and and he wants you to prove to him that what it is you showed him is what he's being built. You know, like, like that's that, that struck me, like his curiosity and the, him talking about the attention to detail, focus on details, getting a little bit better. Like, there's a lot in there, but overall. Um, I, I, I think that Bears fans were able to hear a different tone from that level of leadership 
that we haven't heard before. And I do think that when it, when it's fresh, when you have the fresh set of eyes that are on it, when you are you're not part of the inner group, he will eventually be part of the inner group, but he's not part of the inner group right now. I think that there's real value to that. And I think that he can he can use that as a way cuz the press conference isn't wasn't just for us. Like that press conference was for the building too. And he he gave breadcrumbs on if you already work there and you might be concerned about continuing to work there, he gave you breadcrumbs that will lead you to the types of things that he wants from the people that work with him in that building. Our friend and colleague Adam Hogue is live tweeting a conversation that he's had on a breakout with George McCaskey. He said, I asked George McCaskey what he likes about U.S. Bank Stadium and what would be on his wish list for a Bears stadium. His response, quote, well, Kevin said it was built on time and under budget. That would be one of them. It's actually two of them, but good luck. Good luck, because even you know, Warren knew enough not to answer when the Daily Herald reporter asked him the question about local politics and how we haven't begun the horse trading and the the wetting of various beaks that goes on here. Yes, and that is going to be something that I imagine. Like we're still in the infancy part of this, and it, there's a fairy like tale aspect to this project especially when it comes to the funding of the project. Part of my thing with the Bears leaving Chicago is I'm glad that Chicago won't necessarily be on the hook for the next project that that the Bears have, but there is still the opportunity for that to be the case when it comes to Cook County and the state of Illinois. Now, most of the politicians that have gone on the record to talk about the project outside of the mayor of Arlington Heights have have all been like, no, nah, they're going to have to pay for this themselves. And, and the conversation that we had with Phil Rogers and the amount of money that will still be owed on Soldier Field is as excited as people are about the Arlington Heights project. And I think that they should be that part of it is significant like that. And it's it, the horse trading all of the things that are going to be said about this, the and, and maybe the stadium itself isn't necessarily funded by taxpayers, but some of the stuff that's surrounding it is because it's good for the public good. All of that stuff is going to be fascinating to watch. We have an opportunity to take some phone calls here. It does appear that the latest guidance we're getting from the Bears is going to be that Kevin Warren is going to join us in just a bit. We don't know exactly when, but we are happy to grab some phone calls to open up those phone lines at 312-644-6767. The news is flying right now. A note here from Sean Hammond of Shaw Local News and Bears Insider. He said, really good, by the way, passing along from Mike Garofolo, who says the Titans are wrapping up their first round of GM interviews among those who scored second interviews. Their interim GM, Ryan Cowden, the 49ers, Rand Carthon and the Bears, Ian Cunningham. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's like I was saying to you last week, I, I was told by a couple of different people inside the league that he will be here a year. And that's it. And then someone will come get him to be their GM. Mm -hmm. And it appears that that may be the case, even though the Cardinals filled their position already 
with someone else who's making similarly optimistic statements. This is it's that time of year for teams that are starting fresh to start thinking bigger and better things, but no team is more able to do that than the Bears having the history that they have. By the way, the the Chargers have fired their like entire offensive staff. The deflector shields have been shot off the Enterprise. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, red alert. Uh, but, but Brandon Staley is going to get a chance, I guess, to hire some new people. So they even the, they even think that they have not maximized Justin Herbert, and I would agree mm. with them. Mm. I would also have some I would also have some questions about playing Mike Williams in a game that didn't matter, and then you may be needing Mike Williams in a game that you did. Brandon Staley is either a very very lucky man or has built up a ton of internal political capital, or both. Yep. Yep. Wow. It's going to be a very interesting... uh, Like, when they start the season next year, the the seat will already be warm. Oh, no doubt. I I am very surprised that he's still employed. Me too. You thought he was going to also get a a one-way ticket to Thailand and go over there and him and Cliff Kingsbury could hang out? That is a ballsy move that rather than take any interviews or talk to anybody, apparently Cliff Kingsbury, upon being fired, is just going to Thailand for a while to, I don't know, do a walkabout or or whatever it is he's going to do. But that I I hope he's got a plan because that's not a place where you want to just kind of be by the seat of your pants where it goes to planning your trip. I don't know if he's ever been there before, but it's he must have been right. Like if if you if you're gonna make that grandiose of a move, like it's got to be a place that 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 you. But since he's gone, I wonder if if I can get in touch with him because I would love to just hang out in his place in Scottsdale because that place during the draft looked like like Baller Central. So if he's not gonna be using it. Your boy could go and hang out in Scottsdale. I, I I think that'd be a fun place. When we come back, we'll find out what you think on this big day for the Bears as we look forward to having a conversation with Kevin Warren anytime. Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Again, there's you got to have a why as to as to how you do it. Okay, this this is how business, <laughs> how business people speak. And yes, we heard about how in these negotiations and in motivations, all of this, uh, according to Kevin Warren, has to do with finding the reasons for why. And there are Bears fans are like, ah, ow, Flaneggy flashback. And I, you know, I got it I get, with the little boiling stuff. I got, it, I got that as well. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm not worried. I understand the reflex, flex, 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 flex. Uh, people doing that and being like, oh, I've heard that before. And when I heard it before, I didn't like it very much. But now it's different context, I guess. We asked for feedback and we get it here on The Score. John in St. Joseph, you're on the Bernstein and Holmes show. What do you think? Hey, I th- I'm excited as I'll get out here. I love every second of the idea that uh, these guys are going to actually have uh, somebody that is outside of their comfort zone, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, the last time they had somebody like this was Jim Finks. Uh, well, no, Finks was a was was more of a football guy, though. 
Finks yeah. was not a team president. I, he, I, he was he, Finks's primary role was to draft players. I do think though that the the concept of having an outsider that's had experiences that aren't connected with the Bears is significant. And someone who sees the the world from a different perspective is significant. And it's what the it's what the Bears as an organization, quite honestly, have been missing. And I think that they used to look at it as a strength that they were insular. And now I think they've realized it's not as much of a strength as they thought it was. The comments made by everyone about the role Tanisha Wade has played were really significant. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought the poignant stuff about marching 54 miles for something you care deeply about and how resonant that was for him and, and what that means is I never thought I, I would see the day that the, the Chicago Bears administration is are, are talking about those kinds of things in quite that way. And here with us now on Sports Radio 670 on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is the CEO and president of the Chicago Bears, Kevin Warren. Hello, Kevin. How are you on this uh, pretty busy, heady day? I'm doing great. Good to hear your voice, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for joining us. There, there's so many different directions that we can go, but there's a couple things that I, I kind of wanted to drill down on with you a little bit. You, you, you talked about what happened with Justin Fields. What I'm curious about is how did you go about building that relationship back when at least publicly it looked like it was you versus him? I think the best thing, uh, the way you build relationships uh, back like that, especially with type A individuals, is to be able to let them know why you did what you did. And I think once people had a conversation with me and they recognized I did what I did is because I I truly looked at all of our student-athletes, that they were a son or daughter of mine, and I wanted to make sure that they were safe. And, And I'm not a doctor, and I followed the guidance of our medical personnel. So it wasn't anything personal. I mean, the easy thing for me to do would have been to say, let's ignore the medical issues and just go and play. Um, but so I think the, the more difficult decision was to do what I did. And that was to say, until we gather more information, let's take the safer approach. And then once we gather information, let's go back and play, which we did. And I think one of the things that a lot of people have written about is even with all that, uh, that Ohio state still played in the national championship against Alabama. You said that Chicago is the best NFL football city in the country. Why do you think? Or not. Why? Well, I think it's a combination of it. I mean, you know, when you think of a franchise that's over 100 years old, one of the founding members of the NFL, that uh, uh, to have the owner still living at 100 years old and for her to be able to tie back to George Hallis, he's by far the most passionate, most educated, most supportive fans that we have. And then the beautiful nature of, Illinois, the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, the surrounding suburbs, uh, the tradition. Chicago loves their their sports heroes. So when you add all that up, especially where it's located, is uh, is spectacular. And um, so that's why I believe. And and the other thing that I love is you look at even the you know they haven't changed the the, the logos on the helmet. I mean it's the same. And and so they're very 
tradition-oriented, and it starts with the fans, and that's the thing that's most exciting about it. This is the best NFL city in the United States of America. What's the thing about the U.S. Bank Stadium that makes you the most proud that you said, you know, I, I played a big role in putting this here? Well, what is it about that place that, that gives you a lot of pride? Lawrence, I think what gives me the most pride, and I tried to do this, we did it as a team, was to create an environment where you felt as comfortable at U.S. Bank Stadium as you did if you would have stayed home. Because so many times I've been the I've been to every NFL stadium. I've been to many NBA stadiums, Major League Baseball, hockey, and a lot of them feel like stadiums, like you're going to there and you kind of just deal with it for the three hours. But the thing that was top of mind for us is to create an environment that you actually felt worse than if you stayed home, that we created a, a familial environment that you would go, that things were comfort, uh, comfortable, the food was good, it was easy to get around. You were around your 70,000-plus friends and family, and, uh, and you would have FOMO if you missed out. So, and that, that took a lot of thought. And, and in doing that, we needed to make sure we had multiple um, ways for people to enjoy the game, you know, whether it's standing room only, whether you were sitting on benches, uh, you know, in a lounge area, whether you were in a suite, whether you were in the general uh, seats, you know, whatever the case may be. So we did a really good job of making sure that we catered to the diversity of our fan base. I really enjoyed what you said about detail and about how every line item, every detail matters on the stadium deal, on the media deal. And I agree with you. And with that in mind, I'm curious, for how many years have you committed to the Bears? I I mean, I I am committed to the Bears. Um, You know, I'm just starting here today. I'm focused. I've always been where my feet are. And especially when you think about what we're trying to accomplish uh, here in Chicago, this is the best job in the NFL. And to be able to work with the McCaskey family, which ties back to the Hallis family, to work on a stadium project, to help, you know, rebuild the, the football enterprise and the business operation with this staff and all of these different things. I mean, I am so uh, excited. And as I said, I'm going to keep approaching this as my first day of my internship. And, and I hope hopefully that it lasts for many years. So how long is your actual contractual commitment? You know, that, that's something that I think that uh, we, we haven't, uh, um, I haven't talked about publicly, and it's probably best if I don't, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a commitment that, will, that I plan on being here for, you know, for years. Does it bother you when the criticism of Kevin Warren is that he's ambitious and that he's a climber? I, I don't think I would be sitting here today. I, I, I hate the opposite of it. Can you imagine if they said he wasn't ambitious and uh, he just kind of happy to lay around or whatever? I no. So I, I, if, if, if that's the worst thing that people will say, you know, from an ambition standpoint, because what that really says is that it's not me ambitious, it's collective ambition, that we're going to push, push it forward uh, for everyone, you know, involved. And I think people like being around ambitious people. And, uh, and so kind of I, I, I am who I am. I've been this way my entire life and really what I'm ambitious about is ambitious for the thirst of life and I'm 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 fortunate never say lucky I'm fortunate to be here uh on earth and so because of that when you when you have a near-death experience you recognize that uh, it could happen again and when you recognize a near-death experience could happen again 
you don't want to waste any time or moment. So some people will say that's being ambitious. I just say it's really being grateful for another day on this earth. With everything nice that you've said about Virginia and George McCaskey, how did you carve out your your own professional territory that's going to be separate from ownership? In other words, make sure that they are involved without meddling in, in what you want to do. I, I personally don't believe that they will um, – you know, uh, be involved at a level that will be perceived as too much. I embrace owners. I've always had, I mean, I've I've been, I've I've been so highly favored and blessed. I mean, I worked for the first, um, um, you know, woman owner, general partner uh, in Georgia Frontieri had a very personal relationship with her. And then with the Ford family in Detroit, and then with the Will family, they truly are like my blood family. And then to be here, so I think ownership is, I mean, they own the team. And the one good thing about it, if you're doing things that can help them uh, to feel good about their ownership of the team, I've never had an issue, you know, with ownership. So I'm ecstatic to be able to work with Miss McCaskey and, and George and, and uh, his other siblings and extended family members. And I, I'm, I'm excited, I mean, because they've written a check. They've invested their entire life in, in this. So they, they want to win as much or more than anyone. Kevin, you clearly love football, and it is obvious inside of the press conference how much you were talking about what the game day experience and what you want for fans. You were an athlete. You're you're surrounded by you know the the biggest football conference in America in the Big Ten. So when it comes to the football operation, how do you envision working with Ryan and and making it so that it's it's both of you all's vision on how the Bears get to being a championship team. That's a wonderful question. I think that comes with time. Uh, when I say time, meaning spending time with each other, the time we spent together already, I feel it already. We're on the same page. I mean, I was in the draft with uh, room with him, you know, this morning. We are on the same page. He's, he has attention to detail. He's a hard worker, as I said in the press conference. He's an offensive lineman. He's diligent. Uh, no ego. I have no ego. We're going to work together. And to be able to be blessed with an opportunity, uh, can you imagine if you told us as our second, when we were second graders, to say one day you're going to have an opportunity to, to work at the Chicago Bears? And, and I think that's how he and I look at it, to be able to come together and win championships and do it the right way. And, and as I said in the press conference, when they hand out Super Bowl rings and trophies, they all look the same. So, uh I'm excited about him. He's passionate. Uh, he is really, really smart, and uh, he's detailed, and he's been around winners. I mean, he was at the Chiefs, and he knows what it, you know, what it looks like. So he knows what a draft room and what a roster and what effort and energy looks like. So I'm, I'm passionate about him, and I'm passionate about Coach, and I'm looking forward to, to, to work with him and build this football uh, department into something that's just powerful and massive. We're talking with Bears president and CEO Kevin Warren on the Bernstein and Holmes show on Sports Radio 670, The Score. I, I, I felt it when you said, when you thanked your wife and family for, as you put it, being there for some of my wild thoughts. Now, I know what that means with, uh, with my relationship with my wife and family. What does that mean when they're the sort of the first sounding board and what constitutes a wild thought? What are some examples? Well, I can go back from the beginning. First wild thought is like, Greta, I want to be a sports agent. I'm going to go start a sports agency with no line of credit, no clients, no office, no nothing. And I'm going to start in a business that is the highest, other than restaurants, rate of failure 
And she says, okay, so you know what? We'll just live off of my salary. Her salary is what she said. And because you won't, the way you can build it is that you need to make sure you don't take a salary out of your business for the first three years. So the only employee that I had was Mae Davis, who's still with me uh, today. So that's one. And then, you know, us, and then me taking the job at the Rams and saying, you stay behind with two little kids and I'm going to live in Studio Plus and uh, right next to the facility because I need to put jet fuel on my first two years of my career and then going to Detroit and then moving back to Phoenix and then working on the Vikings deal saying, oh, we're in Paradise Valley, Arizona. Now we're going to move to Minnesota. We don't know anyone um, to be back in Minnesota and then to be there. And then we're so comfortable in Minnesota and then say, oh, by the way, we're going down to college athletics. And then even there, you know, the wild thoughts I had about these TV deals and expansion. And, you know, I'm sitting with her at the Super Bowl last year, said it's time to go get SC and UCLA. And for her to be there every step of the way, and trust me, she's very vocal. She'll tell me when she thinks um, stuff makes sense and when things don't make sense. Um, and, and I appreciate that. And then to come here with the Bears. So, so I, I say that uh, in all sincerity. I'm just grateful. And, uh, and I just think it's another lesson in life of really why your partner will, will dictate the trajectory of your life. And I was fortunate that the good Lord blessed someone like me uh, with, with Greta and uh, two incredible kids and, and those who surround me uh, close to, to be able to do the things that, that God puts in my heart that may not make sense, but they end up turning out to work. Kevin, is it fair to say that, that you and Greta kind of fell in love with the city of Chicago too, and that that ends up being like an added bonus of, of the yeah. Big Ten being here and, and obviously the Bears being here. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I have a nephew. He's my age, but he's my oldest brother's son who's a lawyer here. We joked at dinner the other night uh, that said Chicago has become our new Phoenix, and that's where we grew up. And so that's what we said. It's our new Phoenix. This is now the, the new Phoenix. This, this is headquarters for the Warren family, and we're trying to get you know uh, aunts and uncles and cousins and other people to, to move here. We love this city. We love the fans. Uh, we love everything it stands for, the food, the art, the passion, the music. And, uh, and I just hope and pray that I'm, I'm here for, for many, many, many years into the future. Last question that I have for you, Kevin. I appreciate you taking the time on a busy day like this. I believe you referred to yourself potentially as a creative solution to the stadium issue. What in yeah. your mind needs solving? I think what needs solving is, is, again, to tell the story. I mean, you can't look at a stadium as a building because it, it, it's a building, but you have to look at it, what it really means. What is the economic impact on the, on the state and on the cities and the community? How is it going to help young kids? How is it going to help the football team? You know, what, what, what does it mean? And just look at all the positive nature. I mean, you look, U.S. Bank Stadium has really changed the perception of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, you know, what does it mean to bring a Super Bowl to Chicago? You know, Chicago deserves a Super Bowl and World Cup games and, you know, NCAA basketball tournament events. So it's much more than a building. If you look at a building as a stadium, it never works. So I will start working diligently on, on what's the story. If a stadium could stand up and introduce themselves, what would they say? And, and that's what I'll start working on, on that. And, uh, and I'm confident that uh, we'll be able to get done what we need to get done at the appropriate time. It's going to be a lot of work, but it'll be fun. One more thing from me, Kevin. How do you balance a playing surface at a stadium that might be best for the facility 
versus what the players want, knowing that th- there's going to be things that aren't going to be Bears games that are going to be at this new place. How do you go about finding the nexus of making sure that it's safe for players but also durable for everything else you want to do? Yeah, one good thing about all the stadiums that have been built recently, I mean, some of them have grass. I mean, look at, at uh, uh, the stadium in Arizona. They have a you know turf field that they roll in and out on plates. Some are, some are uh, you know, kind of, uh, I mean, I'm talking about they have real grass that they roll in and out on plates. Some are turf field. So I'm confident uh, once we get to the point where we're looking at the playing service, it'll be a happy day for me because that means we've got a stadium that's on the way. Uh, that's like, you know, picking out the, the uh, silverware, and the place setting for a massive dinner that you're getting ready to throw. And always, we'll put the players' health and safety first. We'll do what's right. And uh, uh, so I'm confident we'll come up with something that works, not only for the players' health and safety, but works you know, from an overall building standpoint. Kevin Warren, thank you again for joining us today. Appreciate it, and good luck. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to seeing you in person. God bless you all, and thanks for your time. Yeah, I look forward to breaking some bread with a Kevin Warren at some point. That'd be fun. I want to talk to him about some things. That was fun. Wow. Yeah, this is the Bears are certainly in a different place than they ever have been in my memory. Yeah, they, it's it's striking. I I was part of a NABJ panel, uh, National Association of Black Journalists panel this weekend. It was great because it was me, it was Shake, it was young Tony Gill and Jason Goff. We were the panel. And the last question was about the Bears. And I was saying how this is the most excited that I've been for Bears fans about the trajectory of the team in a really long time. It's going to take some time, but things are going to change radically. Yeah, they, but I mean, they already kind of have. I, I, I think that, that Justin Fields deserves some love in capturing hope and people being like, oh, wow, like, look at this, like, that the guys that we see around the NFL, the Bears actually have one of those now. And then when you add that to them having the number one pick and all of the doors that that can unlock, and then having a fresh face and voice like Kevin Warren come in to kind of lead this project, I I just feel like they're on as solid ground as I can remember as an adult and someone working in this industry, maybe one thing or two things have lined up for them, but now it feels like everything is lining up for them, and hopefully they can execute the, their their best plans and, and turn it into a winner the way that Kevin Warren is talking about. We'll come back in a sec. We are leading up to some form or fashion of transition with the Parkinson Spiegel show as far as we know, but things may be fluid because the timing has been strange today. More, <laughs> more to come on The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. station, 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 station. long overdue. <laughs> yes. George, it is. And boy, the the text response has just been terrific. Very competent, organized, and driven. It's an unfamiliar feeling about Bears management, but very welcome. Bears made a grown-up decision. Says just the fact that the Bears now have a black president, GM, and quarterback at the same time is something to love. Yeah, I mean, I'm writing about that. In the Sun Times tomorrow, hopefully, maybe it'll be out later tonight uh, digitally. But I'm 
I'm writing about that because it's it's been quite the turnaround. 815, every coach GM president says they love where their new team is heading. This is the first time I've actually believed it when they've said it, even before the season. And a lot of people making references to Theo Epstein as far as the polish of the executive uh, that's taking over. Yes, this this is someone who clearly doesn't suffer fools, and he has a plan. I don't know if the plan's going to work, although I'm I am – from listening to him, I'm more confident than other plans that I have heard working. But it's just nice to feel like the people that are in charge of whatever it is that you love when it comes to sports actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, right? And we've, we ask for that, and it's too rare that we get it. It is. It's, it's very rare that we get it. So when we find it... In someone who can then articulate the vision a little bit, and sure, there's red meat in there. Like he he knows that it's important to say certain things to to make people feel good about where things stand. Beat the Packers. Yeah, but but I mean, like the fact that he's, I I think it's kind of amazing that he has kind of done the work of. Well, let me see what a, a Bears game day is like. Let me see what Arlington Heights is like uh, the 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 visual of he and his wife kind of just kind of being flies on the wall in the south loop as fans descend upon soldier field and what that did to attract him to the job i i think is is really uh fascinating like the whole thing is fascinating and i appreciated the way that he answered the question about ambition because he shouldn't have to not be ambitious right and and too often we don't allow women and minority and LGBTQ people to be that, and and so hearing him talk about it that way is is very I I, I felt very satisfied by his answer on that that he shouldn't be doomed or or it shouldn't be a pejorative for him to be ambitious. When we come back, we will say good afternoon to the afternoon show. Keep it here for Transition on the Score.